Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free, and you can bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. It is Thanksgiving week. And that means that Free Talk Live will be here every single day this week. Uh, we're going to be doing a live show. Although I think that uh, the crew over at the, the network will not be here on Thursday. So we may not be live on the radio Thursday, but we will be live on the Internet. So Free Talk Live continues live uh, throughout the Thanksgiving week and weekend. So the podcast listeners will have their, their same amount of podcasts. The That's correct. Same 18, well, 21 hours a week that we produce. Correct. So uh, welcome aboard. Uh, joining you tonight in the studio, it is Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You'll find a lot of features there. So do head over, enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. Of course, it's also a big week for activism this week with the upcoming National Opt-Out Day happening this Wednesday and happening across the country at various different airports, international uh, and not so international, I guess, uh, inter- different airports. Activists will be gathering at various different times. I know some of them are going to be evening uh, protests. Some of them are going to be all day long. I know that the one in Manchester is going to be happening from something like 10 to 5. So there's going to be a significant uh, amount of outreach going on there. And some airports are getting very upset. Uh, about this. We may have a chance to touch on that, but I want to go a different direction from the TSA, at the very least to start things out here tonight. Yeah, it's been it's been okay. a lot of TSA, t- TSA <laughs> talk. Just, uh, it's just so much, and it doesn't stop. Mark, you and I were talking before the show, like, if we wanted to, we could fill a whole show with just talking about more stuff that we haven't even touched on regarding the TSA, the stories that of these TSA agents just humiliating people. The, yeah, the, I think just, pe- people are pretty clear where we stand on it. Yeah, well, absolutely. Point. But the, the the amazing news just keeps coming out. And let's go a different direction, though, just for now. Uh, and, of course, you can bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. This story is from tokeofthetown.com. Twelve middle school students suspended for pro-marijuana signage. A high school principal in Nevada is under fire for suspending 12 students who posted pro-marijuana signs on campus. Carson Valley Middle School principal Robert Bean claimed the signs which read legalize weed and free the weed caused a disruption at the school. According to the North Lake Tahoe Bonanza, Principal Bean uh, apparently claimed the signs violated a policy requiring all signs to be approved by staff. Well, of course, being wouldn't want signs displayed in your school that weren't approved by the staff. Right, as though they would have approved the signs had they been presented to the staff. Well, they just need to be approved by the staff, Ian. A group uh, hung the or the group hung ne- nearly thirty signs at the school in Gardnerville, which is in northern Nevada, as part of a protest after three classmates were arrested by the sheriff's office on suspicion of smoking marijuana next to campus earlier this month. Bean said that about a dozen freshmen were disciplined, ranging from one-day in-school suspensions to three-day out-of-school suspensions for inappropriately expressing opinions on marijuana (laughs) use. Uh, He said pro-marijuana signs were posted on walls, ceilings, and around garbage cans and soda machines around the school, which has about 800 students in grades 7 through 9. And this, you know, this story warms my heart a little bit because uh, I remember these stupid rules uh, being apl- applicable at my high school campus when I was going to government school. They had a similar, you know, they had the poster boards around the uh, the school, but if you didn't have the special authority stamp on your papers, uh, you would not 
be able to post them up there. And if you and if you did post them up there, it wouldn't be too long before one of the the principal's aides would notice the uh, the propaganda, uh, the unapproved propaganda, and quickly uh, quickly take them down. Although. I don't know how they figured out who the dozen kids were that posted them. Maybe they've just got so many security cameras these days. I mean, they didn't have that when I was yeah. in school. Maybe they just have so many cameras that they just reviewed the footage and were were able to identify them or or lo- you know the local class snitches uh, turn them in. But this is not an, an uncommon situation where kids that have ideas that they want to share with their fellow students via some sort of public posting are essentially having that repressed by the uh, the administration. You know, I, I can understand. You know, obviously, if you're talking about a a, a private school where you know the, the, it's it's their property, they get to decide. I, I understand that. But when you're talking about a government school, the question is: the government is supposed to grant you the freedom of speech. So when the government doesn't let you do something as simple as posting signage and signage that's not, uh, you know, even uh, obscene or something like that. When they don't give you the freedom to post the signage in the government school, what is that? In fact, this is a school, remember? What is it teaching the youngsters? I mean, what is it teaching them? You, Your parents are forced to pay for this this building. It's government property. The government's supposed to give you freedom of speech. You don't have freedom of speech because we're not going to let you. And what does that say? You know, I moved out here from... from uh, the Lake Tahoe area and Carson City is right down from Squaw Valley where I lived for a long time. And and um, Nevada is very strict on their marijuana laws. The state that allows for prostitution and gambling. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's very weird. But, you know, just about a month ago, there were the um, protests or the uh, all the sign waving and wearing purple uh, to support the eight or so kids who had committed suicide um, due yeah. to being, you know, Gay harassed. Yeah, exactly. So they had signs for that. Um, when I was in high school many years ago, there were um, signs for abortion or pro-life as well as um, MAD was very, and SAD, Students Against Drunk Driving, or was very big back then. So they would allow some political messages on exactly. campus, but not others. right. And this for me, you know, Mark, I mean, you're absolutely right. Uh, for me, this kind of behavior by the government school was probably fairly important to my development as a liberty-minded person uh, because I saw the hypocrisy. It was very clear to me. I remember that when I, – I and I don't remember the specific instance. It was probably more than one. Uh, but I do recall being told by the principal of the school that – when I asked, I had actually directly inquired, well, so basically you're saying there is no freedom of speech here on campus. Not and, for you, Mr. Freeman. And he made it clear that, uh, no, yeah, you know, there are no constitutional rights here. This is a government school. You don't have the freedom of speech here. That was made crystal clear. Can you imagine how dumbfounding that is for a 17, 16, 15-year-old kid who thinks that he's read, you know, the highest law of the land, that, uh, you know, the the ideas of freedoms and rights are are supposed to be protected in this country, and then you run up on the principal who says, no, no, not here. Yeah, they're studying the Constitution, U.S. (laughs) history in high school. Exactly right. (laughs) And so, right, yeah. I mean, they don't get deep into the Constitution in government school, but certainly you touch on the Bill of Rights. It's a dangerous document. At some point. And uh, you touch on the beginnings of the Bill of Rights and you talk about the, you know, freedom of speech and all of that. So certainly I had been uh, educated on the alleged First Amendment and then, uh, and then I got to watch them pull that carpet right out from under me and say, yeah, you don't have that here. 
Not while you're on campus. Yeah, we don't do that. You can have your freedom of speech elsewhere, son. So, uh, so they, you know, so that's what's happening here is these young people have an, opi- um, an opinion, and it's a strong opinion. It's one that they, uh, they took the time to make a bunch of signs up, 30 signs, and post them all around the, uh, the school campus. And even if they um, hadn't posted signs, if they had come to school with like a pro-marijuana T-shirt on, there's also a good chance they would have been taken into the office and the principal would have demanded that they turn the shirt inside out, for instance, Mm -hmm. or to take it off entirely or call parents and have the parents bring in a different shirt from home. All of these things have happened and they're not uh, they're not uncommon. But I wonder if, you know, if I'd gone to a private school, would I have had the same kind of. I don't know. Would I have ended up going down the same path? Would I have seen the hypocrisy uh, if I were at a private school? I don't know. I mean, the, the hypocrisy was so think- brazen and obvious at the government school, and it was. I think it was an important part of my development. Well, you know, we make the distinctions, that, um, you know, here on Free Talk Live between private property and public property and things like that, but I don't think that they weren't being made when I was in high school. To me, the school was the authority, and uh, whether it was private or public, and I went to both. And, you know, that for me was the problem. I, I was just an anti-authoritarian all along. And so, you so rebel. They, <laughs> some kids are, some kids aren't. Yeah. You know, what? Do you, and how do you deal with that? Do you beat it out of them? I was the same way as well. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Whether you want to tell your story of school oppression, crushing the supposed rights you have under their boots, 800-259-9231. And you can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you a lot of features there, and they're all completely free. So enjoy those on us. Our mobile site is available for you. If you've got a smartphone, you can go to m.com freetalklive.com to access our streams as well as our podcast quickly over at m.freetalklive.com. So how does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't your average convention where all your time is taken up with speakers. It's actually an unconvention, and it's on the water in a beautiful uh, you know, uh, cruise boat there, and you get to enjoy hanging out with Liberty folks, going on tours with Liberty folks, and talking and eating and doing all the things that you do on a cruise. There will certainly be some, uh, some, some speaking engagements from Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand, and myself, but you get to enjoy the boat on this one. It's a, it's a different sort of thing. It's $535 double occupancy. It doesn't leave until November of 2011, but you need to get your berth now. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Reserve today. You don't have to put the whole thing 
thing down at once, cruise.freetalklive.com. All right, toll-free number 800-259-9231. You can share your school stories with us if you'd like. We started out with a school in Nevada cracking down on some young folks who, it's a middle school, they decided to put up some signs all around their school in favor of uh, uh, legalization of cannabis. And the school didn't like that very much and has suspended about a dozen freshmen. Uh, so we can uh, continue here with your thoughts and talk to Emberly in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Emberly. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to talk a little bit about school oppression. Um, I have a 14-year-old son who's currently in middle school right now in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And he's been going to this school for the last, well, two and a half years. I did pull him out of school last year, and, and uh, he was in uh, online school the first semester of seventh grade. Um, but this school is particularly, I don't know, I feel it's a little fascist <laughs> in a way, like a lot of um, government-run schools are. Mm. But last week, my son was in, was in his music class, and they had a substitute, which they'd had all week. Um, and the class was a little unruly. So the assistant principal came in, and he was obviously upset and very angry from what several students have told me. Well, my son's friend had just told him a joke, and when the, prince, the assistant principal came in, he turned around, and he had a smile on his face, and the assistant S- principal Smiling out loud. Sorry, go ahead. Right. Why are you smiling? <laughs> and my son, who is a bit of a... He's a libertarian, um, as, as well as I am, and he simply said to him, because I can... <laughs> and that did not go over well at all. He no ordered smiling. him out of the room. Wow. smiling. Yeah, he ordered him out of the room and then continued to berate him in the hallway. Then brought over the student, re- the school resource officer, which is a police officer yep. that stays in the school all the time, mm. um, who's actually a pretty nice gentleman. I've met him on several occasions at different functions at the school. He's a pretty nice man. He doesn't really give the kids a hard time. Um, this assistant principal, however, is another situation altogether. Um, he gives the kids a hard time from what I've heard from several of the kids at school. But he's out there in the hallway screaming at my son and another child out there in the, and uh, doesn't like what my son has to say because my son is saying, well, did I hurt anyone? Mm-hmm. Uh, was I violent towards anyone? He hurt his did feelings I, and his ego. Right. <laughs> did I say anything bad? And so this just infuriated uh, the, the assistant principal even more. So then they go back to the conference room uh, near the principal's office. And right. His, his offense, before you go on with the rest of the story, his offense was clearly that he was not being subservient enough. It wasn't that he exactly. hurt anybody. It's just that uh, that principal wants to be taken seriously. And exactly. if anybody's got a smile on their face when he's around, that means he's not being respected enough for uh, for his his own personal uh, you know obsession. Right. If he would have stammered and said, bah, 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 "I'm terribly sorry, sir," um, that everything would have been fine. Which means that you know, I, mean, I, I learning envi- the learning environment isn't fostered by uh, positive feelings. I mean, I just don't understand. Right. And that that was my whole thought process when the assistant principal calls me at work. And you now this is a this is the man that we've had trouble with throughout our him going to school there. Um, sixth grade was particularly bad with a 
they they said that my son and his group of friends uh, were forming a gang, if you can believe this, because they were wearing hoodies to school. <laughs> so that set up the precedent there in sixth grade, which they didn't tell me about until April, when school lets out in May, hmm. and that this was a problem that they were having. And I, and, and I simply told them, I said, well, if had you have told me there was a problem about this stupid hoodie, I have this really ingenious invention called scissors i could have just cut the hood off yeah, but i don't cold. think you like that too much um, <laughs> you wear a hoodie when it's cold out uh, because you want to keep your head a little bit warmer but uh, oh, I don't know what... and, and the kids were you know the kids were complaining that the school is kept very cold and that's why you know like a we prison don't live in it we live in we live in west uh, southwest florida so it's warm here all the time like yeah. right now it's it, you know it's it's 76 degrees outside right yeah, now. Yeah, I can see why the hoodies might have yeah. been uh, somewhat suspect there um, in, right. in, you know, southwest Florida, where you, wherever that is. Yeah. So uh, right. so go ahead, continue the rest of the story. So he's smiling, uh, and then he's, what, taken out of class? What happened then? Right. So they, they kid come out of class. They're in the hallway. They're screaming. The student resource officer comes over and talks to him, which, uh, which, which was to validate this assistant principal's feelings that he was being disrespected. Um. So then they go into the conference room and they give me a call at work, and uh, you know I, I'm si- I'm sitting there on the phone and he's explaining the situation to me and, and and I said to him I said well, you know you do work with middle school kids, um, sometimes they're going to say and do things that you're not going to agree with. You could have handled this situation in many different ways that would have resulted in a different um, outcome besides screaming at him. Uh, you know, I, I said, and for me, I tend to pick my battles with my teenage son. Um, if he does something like that, I simply usually just ignore it, and the, the behavior goes away for the most part when he's being a little smart aleck. So I try not to engage in those kinds of fighting things with him. Um, and, and, and the assistant principal did not like that at all. I he bet. Said, what, kind of, what kind of example are you setting for your son who's sitting right here listening to me talk to you about this and you're not agreeing with me or backing me up. Right, you're not setting the example of being subservient (laughs) and obedient to authority. Shame on you. Woman. I know. That's an amazing story. So what uh, what all came out of it? Well, he gets really angry with me and then says, well, I'm putting him in ISS for the rest of the day. What is ISS? In in school 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 suspension, which is basically, you know, they stick him into a room in solitary confinement. Yeah. And I said, for smiling, no, you will not. And he said, well, then I'll, he said, well, yes, I am. And I said, well, no, you're not. I will come and get him right now. Good and for you. Yeah, I bet he didn't like that. You can't take my kid. This is my kid for these hours. <laughs> my prisoner, you mean? Yeah. I'll tell you what, if you've got more, Emberly, we'll, we'll love to hear the rest him. of the story. Hang on. 800-259-9231. You know, if I were in that position, I'd start calling them warden. Like I would just start treating them as though they were actually operating a prison. 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever you want. Tell your story. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's, helping bring your family together with wholesome dinner options, even on the busiest of nights. Find dinner table ideas to bring your family together at letsfixdinner.com. To get kids involved in dinnertime conversation, ask specific questions, not broad ones. Instead of what happened today at school, try what was the best thing that happened today. The more specific you are, the more they'll have to say. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. 
This is Free Talk Live. Andy, you can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on our website, including the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners over at bbs.freetalklive.com. I personally like listening to the Verbal Surgery Podcast because they make me feel better. We, want to, we all want to live life and live it to the fullest. Verbal Surgery reminds me how to do just that. Tim Cummins is a new sponsor of Free Talk Live. His podcasts are super groovy. He aims to radiate your brain for maximum gain. You can check them all out at verbalsurgery.com. It's verbalsurgery.com. We're talking with Emberly, and I believe she's still with us in Florida. She's a mother of, I believe you said, a 14-year-old. And he was smiling in school when the assistant principal, who does not like smiling, uh, caught him smiling and let him know that uh, that was very inappropriate and that this is not a place to be smiling. This is school. We're we're very serious here. And uh, and he was you know punished for this. Essentially, you were brought onto the phone. Uh, Emberly, are you there? Uh-huh. You were brought on to uh, you. Co- you were called at work by this particular mm-hmm. assistant principal, and he had it out with you because you wouldn't back him on what right. he was trying to do to your son. Right. And, and you know, th- after he tells me, well, I'm going to put him in ISS today, and I said, no, you won't put my son in ISS for smiling. He said, well, then I'll put him in tomorrow. And I said, no, you won't. I'll come and get him, and I'll keep him out of school tomorrow if that's the case. Now, he hasn't missed a day of school yet this year. Mm. And so, you know, he wanted to get that whole, you know, I went to school the whole year award at mm. the end of the year. But, you know, I told him that this is more important that you have to stand up for your rights. So then finally, the, the assistant principal gets so exasperated with me. He's like, well, I'm just going to tell the principal. And I said, okay, tell him. Are you trying to intimidate me by telling on me to the principal? I mean, no, I mean, I'm out of school. And, and that just made him more upset. He didn't like that at all. And so I said, you know, I, I finally just said, okay, look. I'm going to get off the phone. I'm going to leave right now. I'll be there to pick my son up as soon as I get there, which it's an hour drive for me from my work to to my house. So it took me about an hour to get here. So I get there to pick him up. And when I get there, there's my poor son sitting there in, you know, the office and, and the, the principal secretary is glaring at me and, you know, she, she doesn't like me and brah and how dare I not back up the assistant principal and blah, 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 whatever. Wow. So, I request to speak to this assistant principal as well as the principal. And, of course, they're nowhere to be found. (laughs) They're busy. They don't have time to talk to me right Right. then. So um, so I was told by the the secretary that I could file an appeal and that I would hear, if I wrote an appeal letter and turned it in the next day, that I would hear back from them in three days. Now, so where does the appeal go? To, does the appeal go up to like the school board, or does that just go to the principal? Well, the first step is it goes to the principal, and um, the person who was too busy to talk to you. I'm sorry. The person who was too busy to talk to you in the first place. Right. Well, the, then the story gets even better after I pick my son up and we get home. We start talking about. It. I look at the referral. And then I noticed that they have, like, these – because my son doesn't get in trouble at school typically. Hmm. they got this level one, level two, level three prioritized, um, you know, offenses. Well, I'm thinking it's a level one of disrespect. Oh, no, it's a level two um, – what is it? Defiance. 
Mm, yes, right. it's worse than disrespect. <laughs> that's right. when that's when you keep smiling and they tell you not to. Disrespect right. would have been just smiling and then stopping. Uh, right. to, smiling and continuing was defiant. So now he's got this defiance charge on him, you know, which automatically gives him ISS. And so I'm a little confused at how it got pushed up to this level, which, of course, no one, none of the, none of the principals would talk to me except for the eighth grade principal did come and talk to me. He's a very nice gentleman. I have to give him kudos because he's helped us out a lot with we had some issues with the school bus. So he's, he's a really, really great guy. His name is Mr. Kennedy. He is fantastic. Um, so there is at least one good person in the school system that, that likes kids. Um, well, that's so always talked- a, a refreshing thing. Unfortunately, yeah. the the bad guys tend to ruin it all. I mean, one of the if right. you've got bad guys like this assistant principal uh, who's just a you know a, a scumbag basically, that really tends to bring down the uh, the entire experience. So, uh, what is there anything else to the story that that, uh, that we've missed? Well, no, ex- except well, I I brought out my video camera and I had my son tape his res- I taped his response to what happened. And, and then I posted it on YouTube, and I posted it on Facebook. So, and then I got a lot of responses from his friends and kids at school mm-hmm. saying that this particular assistant principal has done this before to other kids, um, lots of other kids. So I've gotten lots of other kids come forward to tell me, mm-hmm. kids that I don't even know that aren't within our neighborhood, have been telling me things that, you know, that this, that this is bad via YouTube and, um, and Facebook. And so that's just like, wow, you know, I thought maybe he was singling Liam, my son Liam, out because of the past incidents that we had in sixth grade, but apparently not. But no, this is across the board. You know, it, it, even so, if even if you collect a bunch of stories of abuse on the parts of these government bureaucrats at the school, you can collect all these parents together and file some sort of grievance, and it'll do nothing. You can go to the school board meetings yeah. and say, "Look, here's my son's response." You know, I, they'll give you three minutes to speak. You know, here's my son's videotape response. Here's the fifteen responses from other kids in the neighborhood, uh, and you know, that go to the school that they think that this guy is a bad dude, and you know, whatever, and it will do nothing. I mean, it just the the idea of changing the school it it's so yeah. difficult. Could we change directions just for a second, Emberly? Because I know you from Facebook. Yes. <laughs> and um, I have a 14-year-old son also, and this is his first year at school. He's at a private school, but um, I've been ho- I homeschooled him for, um, I guess, seven and a half years. And um, mm-hmm. I'm curious, why do you have him in a public school? Why not homeschool him or have him well, in a private school? One, um, I'm a single mom. Me so- too. And, and, and I, I have my grandmother here who I take care of, um, here in Florida. Um, prior to that, I was taking care of my mother (laughs) who is now, um, with her sister out in Texas. So I don't have to pay her mortgage and blah, blah, blah. blah. So I've had a lot of expenses put on me, um, that weren't by me. Um, so it's been kind of a cost thing for me not to be able to put him in, in a private school. And then also I have had to work because, uh, having to take care of elderly. Right. You've got to support yourself. I haven't really had a choice. I haven't really had a choice. I've had to go to work because there's not, you know, not anybody else to do it. Right. Do you, um, do you, do you trust him uh, at home with, with grandma? Like, could he be an independent worker and, and, uh, do a schoolwork. Well, we, we, we tried that last year with the, um, the Florida virtual school. 
mm-hmm. uh, which which I thought was really great. Um, he hated it, and he did not enjoy it at all. He didn't like it. He's a very social person, so he likes being with his friends, and he likes being in a social atmosphere. He likes school. I, I understand, but I'm just, you know, I try to encourage people who call themselves libertarian to act in accordance with the with the libertarian principles, which is, you know, to not use force, fraud, theft, or coercion. Well, you're not using force. You're not. You're well, not going to the government school. You're being coerced into going to the government school um, by, it, it's by virtue like, of uh, the, the circumstance that you don't have the money because they've already taken it from you through the property right. taxes. And yes. uh, and it's 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 got to be very difficult and very frustrating because I'm sure you don't you know you ideally wouldn't want your son going there, Emberly, but right. you feel like you are you don't have any other options. But right. would he at this juncture? I don't have very many options available to me. Right, but um, you said that he was a libertarian, and that's what that's what I'm referring to, not your libertarian ideals necessarily, yeah. but his. And you said that he also you also said that he hated um, doing his independent study. Could you relate to him the idea that <clears throat> as a libertarian, he can um, step up and do that and then he doesn't have to be part of that that principal school system in the first place? Well, we have talked about um, uh, next year him not attending school and doing some kind of unschooling or homeschooling thing. So I'm looking into maybe quitting my full-time job because right now I work. I'm gone 11 hours a day. Well, you know, we'd love to have you up here in New Hampshire, Emberly, and I appreciate the call and the story tonight. Thank you so much for relating that to us. More coming up, Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So do head over there. Excuse me, and enjoy those on us. Uh, you'll find it all for free at freetalklive.com, and the main feature of the site actually allows you to control the content. You can go and enter in virtually anything you want from uh, what you find online, maybe a news article or a YouTube video or blog post you think is interesting, you want to share with our audience, you put it into our website at freetalklive.com, and then other listeners will vote as to whether they like your suggestion or not. You get to vote on things, too. And the most voted up will make it to the front page in the top of the website at freetalklive.com. If you've ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney, you need Jurisdictionary at Jurisdictionary.com. It, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a plaintiff or a defendant. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer, and it's so easy, easy the average eighth grader could go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. I've used the, the the course. I've studied the course. I think it's great. There, it's uh, it's for people who you know are, are are being destroyed by the system by other members of uh, the lawyer and profession over there. It was created by a lawyer lawyer that wants to help you. He says only the rules rule and only jurisdictionary teaches people how to use the rules and use them strategically. When you uh, go to jurisdictionary. Make sure that you use the pull down mention uh, the pull down menu to mention Free Talk Live. It's jurisdictionary.com. 
Toll-free number 800-259-9231. We go to the phones and the fun, though. I want to talk to you, Michelle, in a moment about uh, the idea of a parent pulling their kids out of government school or the reasons that they should, that they they feel like they have to have their kids in government school and maybe some other options. Uh, So we'll get back to that. But first, we go to Peter listening in Ireland. Peter, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi there. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, Just... uh... Was in court today, and I still kind of have that adrenaline feeling. I can't get to sleep, so I thought I might as well call and share the story. All right, what happened? Okay, in uh, in Dublin, we have a thing called rateable valuation, which is more or less a property tax. Sounds like it. That is is assessed on business owners who rent property. Okay. So um, I never really contested it, but. Uh, I just kind of felt like I was being treated unfairly with the office, so I decided to stop paying it and see what would happen in court. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was interesting. If you go to court, there's probably about 200 cases. How long before, that, uh, sorry, after you stopped paying, how long before they sent you some sort of a notice to go to court? Well, I, I got, you know, notice after notice after notice, and I'd say it was about six months. Okay. So, um so you go to court, and there's about 200 cases that fly by, you know, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, just racking up numbers on the books, solicitors, you know, racking up fees, and you're just kind of sitting there in the back. Solicitors or judges? Those are lawyers. Uh, aren't lawyers? Lawyers. Okay. Lawyers. Pardon me. And uh, so probably about 2% of the cases actually had people show up to contest them. And so I finally got my turn, and I just walked up there, and the uh, judge looked at me, and I was looking at her, and said, how you doing there? And, you know, it's like, what do you want from me? He says, well, why, why are you here? And I said, well, this guy wants to take my money, and I'd like you to stop him. <laughs> and uh, she says, well, um, you know, looks at the, the plaintiff, I guess, which is the rates officer. And he's, you know, enters in on this date. We sent this notice and for this amount and blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I said, okay, well, I just want to know how that applies to me. He says, well... You occupy this property, don't you? And I said, well, I'd like to know what evidence you're using to support that claim. And the judge, the uh, solicitor for the plaintiff, and the rates officer both looked at me like, evidence? So, yeah, you're trying we to don't use mind. evidence. <laughs> well, the evidence would have been your answer to the question had you answered yeah, it. Yeah, right. That, that would have been it. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know what occupy I, means. You people have a yeah. funny language you talk. Right. Yeah, well, aren't you the occupier? And I said, well, yeah, I don't know what occupy means. I signed an agreement to rent the space. Mm-hmm. I'm in there conducting business. Well, don't you have a map that shows you exactly which part of the space you have? And I say, yeah, of course. You know, it's in my rental agreement. Oh, well, did you not bring that with you? No. Do you expect me to bring evidence against myself, <laughs> you know, to a case where you're trying to take my money? And so, Yeah. So, so you're uh, the renter, and you have to pay a property tax in addition to the building owner who has to pay a property tax as well. Is that correct? I, I am sort of paying it on his behalf. I see. So hmm. it, he pays a different tax, but um, this is the tax that he would have to pay that he's able to get the office just to directly assess onto me. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, does that mean that he's going to be liable if you don't pay it? Probably. Hmm. I don't know if that's um, going to go over so well for your lease, uh, but what? No, it's, it's it's not. It's not at all. So did you did you pay, stop paying this with the intention that you totally understood that you could completely lose your business? Well, to be honest with you, the the rent and the rates are are what's going to cost me my business. 
You know, mm. I stopped paying it with the intention of kind of shaking things up and maybe hopefully getting people to take notice of the fact that things have changed and I can't continue to pay these high rates and and see if we can make something happen from that. All right, so you're in front of the judge. Yeah. And then what? And then basically they're just assuming that this applies to me and that I owe this money. I said, okay, we'll just, you know, just let's have a look at the evidence. Well, what evidence? And I said, well, you're claiming, you know, that I occupy this, this space. Show me what you're basing that claim on. And they were just completely dumbfounded. And even the, the solicitor for the plaintiff was mute through the whole thing. It only took about five minutes, I'd say. But I, I was shaken. You know, I was half enraged and half afraid. And, sure, sure. And, and, uh, and so, so the outcome, I didn't win, but I didn't lose. So it was adjourned for six months so that I personally could come up with more evidence. <laughs> you need some evidence yeah. for these crazy claims you're yeah. making. More yeah, evidence I, of I, what? I pretty much felt, felt like I had all the evidence I needed. So what does this mean? Do you mean you're going to keep operating your business in the meantime? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it, it just means I'm going to keep accruing debt to these people, and then if they can ever prove that I actually owe it, it'll come due. And what will you do then? Will it be interest? Uh, no, but there might be some solicitor's fees on top of it. I might have to pay their lawyer's fees. Hmm. So yeah. I, I have a feeling that if it, if it comes to a judgment, then they'll go to a settlement and, you know, you can, how much can you pay a month yeah. type of thing. And you're, but, willing to, uh, you're willing to pay it in that way? Probably, yeah. Hmm. Well, things are I going mean, I'm poorly not, I'm for him. I'm not paying it because I don't have the money. I'm just not paying it because I don't think it's fair. Well, then, if you're not paying it because you don't think it's fair, then why would you agree to pay it if it was less than what it is now? It still wouldn't be fair. Uh, the only reason I'd agree to pay it is when they come with the guns and the cages. Mm-hmm. Right. There's, yeah. a difference, there's a difference between standing up and saying no mm-hmm. and the, the, the being the guy who's standing um, in Tiananmen Square uh, you know, in front of the tank. Okay? Because, I mean, you know, that guy got squashed, mm-hmm. and that's what happened to him, I, I guess. Nobody I mean, knows what happened. Yeah. Oh, nobody knows. I'm taking a wild guess mm-hmm. that the guy in front of the line of tanks got squashed mm-hmm. at some point. But it's, you know, the first person has to stand up and say no. And then when they point the gun, say, never mind. And they sit back down. And then it gives the next person, you know, I wonder why he was standing up. And it gives people ideas. But, so yeah, I don't no, blame I, anybody I for backing like down. I think that the, uh, the, the handful of people that were in the courtroom and uh, watched what I was doing maybe change their perspective a little bit. Yeah, you um, they were at least entertained. Right. You, ne- you never know uh, who this kind of message is going to reach and, and who the next batch of liberty-minded people will be as a result of uh, you doing what you're doing. Uh, it's kind of a similar situation here in uh, in Keene. You know, there's been kind of this uh, dearth of uh, civil disobedience for a little while, and it's because there are a lot of uh, people that have done it that have, you know, they've got court trials they're facing, and, and you can only handle so much. You can only take uh, so much aggression at once, and at some point, you've got to say, okay, I'm about tapped out, uh, and I've got five misdemeanor yeah. charges. Like, you know, if, if I go any further than this at this point, I'm going in, you know, there's a possibility I'll go into a jail cell for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I, I feel like I've pushed my limits at, uh, at this point. Everybody's got them. Everybody's got some sort of, uh, of line that says this is, this is far enough. Until more people are on board, until more people are saying no, I can only say no so far. And it's frustrating to me that that's the case, but... It's, it's now, reality. Now, in Ireland, I understand that Ireland has the lowest corporate tax um, of any country in the world. It's 12.5%. Is that 
Are you familiar with that? That's a, I'd say it's more of a PR thing mm-hmm. than, than actual reality. Well, yeah, They don't talk about uh, the taxes you pay to the European government to throw away your garbage and, mm-hmm. you know, the tax 21% on everything you purchase and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I might have, have low corporate taxes technically, but if I want to pay myself a wage, then I have to tax myself double to take that money out of the company. I have to pay 21% VAT on every single thing I purchase. Oh, my. Yeah, it's crazy so over there. I'm already about 40%. Hey, let us know if anything develops in your case, and I thank you hey, for the call tonight. To Thanks. Appreciate it, Peter. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line saying no to the property tax and going to push it as far as he can, and that's all you can do. You go as far as your limits will allow. 1-800-259-9231, and then maybe others will be inspired to push the limits as well. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 2 is coming up. A passion for service never leaves. I'm Tim Lewis, and after 22 years in the military, I became a mortgage professional helping my fellow veterans and active duty service members secure VA home loans. Refinancing with a VA loan is a privilege earned through service, and it's my privilege to help you get there. We can help you lower your rate or consolidate debt, even if your current mortgage is not a VA loan. Go to varadio.com to learn more. That's varadio.com. I'm Tim Lewis. Thank you for your service. VARadio.com is a website of iFreedom Direct Corporation, a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com or call 1-800-900-VA-LOAN. VARadio.com. Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free 800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. Again, freetalklive.com. Back to the phone calls. Coming up, though, we'll uh, talk, dig in a little deeper onto the schooling topic. Uh, Is it is it wrong? Is it inappropriate for people that love liberty to send their kids to uh, to a government school? We'll get into it with Michelle here in a moment. Uh, but continuing with your thoughts first, let's go to John listening in Texas. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I read, hey, John. Hey, I originally called in about uh, the whole cannabis legalizing thing. And the thing is, you know, uh, I, I honestly feel there shouldn't be a problem with it, but Besides that, the other issues that I wanted to talk about, uh, I was going to get into that more, but I think the bigger issue here is, um, you know, everyone knows about it already, TSA, this and that. I just took a flight uh, about two weeks ago from Miami to Paris, and uh, one one thing that I want to mention is that there was a lady, uh, an old woman, I mean, uh, probably 50, 60, who knows, uh, she was in a wheelchair, and uh, she was arguing with uh, with um, security about not wanting to go through a scanner, and literally arguing with her. And uh, you know, it was it was ridiculous. It's like, what is the old lady going to do? And plus, uh, I, I was thinking, doesn't this violate the Fourth Amendment rights of people? It's ridiculous. Nobody, first of all, number one, nobody is a terrorist. I mean, it's just 
dumb. Well, it's, it's a good thought, that. John, um, but right. unfortunately, well, <laughs> the Fourth Amendment. Let me was... elaborate. Uh, excuse me, Sam. Let me elaborate because I mean, I kind of you know wanted to elaborate on this because this is a, a real good topic, and I understand your school topics. But the thing is, the, there was also the video that was going viral about a kid getting uh, molested. Up to what point are the father just stood there while they pretty much molested his child? I think that's cowardice. What's he supposed Pure to cowardice. do? Cowardice. At the, at the least he should have done was sit there and say, well, you, you know, you can't do that, and I'm not going to put up with you doing that. And if, if they said, well, okay, we'll just say I'm not flying then, you know, here's my ticket, I'm not flying. Luckily, uh, when I was at the Miami airport, they were trying to herd us all into, like, the, the scanners or whatnot, but it was actually you could either go through either or. And, uh, you know, when, Well, that's a nice when, thing when, to say is that I'm not going to fly, but if you've already told your son you're going to go down to see Grandma in Florida and then you, you know, decide not to fly so yeah, your yeah, son that, doesn't get to see okay Grandma. To Plus the fact that right. if you decide to leave the line, you're going to get an $11,000 fine is what they're threatening you with. And I'd like to point out that this isn't the Fourth Amendment, and here's why. You have the right to remain silent, which is part of your First Amendment rights, right? But if you choose not to remain silent, then you've given up your First Amendment right when, it deal, when you're dealing with the police. In the same way is when you decide that you're going to fly, you're contracting with the airlines who have contracted with a uh, security company, and that security company is called the TSA. I'll grant you it's governmental and it's invasive. However, when you're dealing with them, you have given up your Fourth Amendment right to be, uh, you know, uh, protected in your papers unfortunately they've gotten to the point where they're going to make it so that you're not able to travel anywhere at any time without having to deal with them subways buses they're dealing with all this stuff but when you rely on the fourth amendment you're relying on a law written by a man or men and really what what you have is the right to your privacy and the right to contract with other um, organizations and to not have the government insert itself and that's what it's done and the constitution doesn't really protect that Okay, and another thing is... Uh, Wait, did, did you hear uh, that, though? Yeah, I, I heard what you're saying, and I, and I do agree with that, Ben. I mean, uh, I, I hear the elaborating uh, that you did on that, and, I mean, I agree with it. But, you know, I also want you to hear me out as far as, number one, nobody, I don't care what under what authority that they claim or have, has any right to touch a child in that way, period. Number one... And number two, when are people going to stand up and say, look, this is enough garbage, this is enough. I mean, that was the last slide. November 24th, two days days from now is the answer to your question. Uh, There's a national opt-out day. It's happening on Wednesday. That's the day before Thanksgiving, the busiest travel day of the year for the airports. And activists are going to be at various different airports across the country to uh, to encourage people to opt out and encourage them to speak up about this because you know hitting the TSA agent isn't going to to uh, to solve no, the problem. I, never I know I, never I didn't say them. you said that. I'm just saying that uh, you know there's there, not many solutions. Right there, it's really like, difficult to know what to do. And and I disagree with Mark uh, in that uh, this isn't a contract. It's not a valid contract. You never uh, you never really consented to this as being foisted upon you in the same way that if you get in your car car and you uh, you drive down to Florida to see grandma rather than uh, take an airplane and they happen to have a checkpoint set up. You didn't contract there either by getting in your-
in your car or by buying a car. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're foisting this on people, and it's, it's wrong, and we need to do what we can. I agree with that. And, and WeWon'tFly.com is the place to go to learn more about what's happening uh, coming up this Wednesday. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231, and I share your frustrations. The problem is, Ian, that people have allowed the government to do things like build roads and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. what, yes, you are contracted when you get, a, when you decide to drive on somebody else's pavement, and that's what it is, the government's pavement. Yeah, they can pretty much stop you and, and look through your I know, car. They can, but it's not a contract. By that reasoning, though, you're saying that they've contracted, so yes, they have to, you have to submit to this search. To what extent? Right. Well, I I totally get I get it. But, you know, when you use the Fourth Amendment as your protection, that's where you fail because the Fourth Amendment yeah, doesn't protect work. you there. The, the what the issue is, is real rights, not the dumb crap they wrote Natural down on a piece rights. of paper uh, 230 years ago, which has been shown over and over again to not be sufficient in protecting real rights. Well, the Fourth Amendment when, gets wiped now, away. When I'm talking about contracting here, uh, the telephone company contracts with another company which supplies servicemen to come out to my house now if i tell the telephone company that they can send somebody out to my house but i find out that in fact it's not the telephone company but another company that they've sent a serviceman out to my house do i have the right to shoot him where he stands ian no no because he contracted with another company that i contracted with well, no one was suggesting that we shoot the TSA agent. No, but Ian was uh, suggesting that, oh, you didn't contract, but you did contract. No, you did not you contract. Know for, you know for a fat well that the TSA is the security company that the airlines didn't know use. That? Who doesn't know that? Uh, there are plenty of people that don't know. They don't know, know what the new searches look like, and I'll tell you that that's really going poorly for the TSA because they just trotted out these look, new Mark, searches. Look, not everybody pays attention to the news like you do. There are plenty of people that don't know what's going on in the airports, and they're caught blindsided by this when they uh, when they go through these security lines. They probably right. couldn't name the, the, the alphabet letter agency uh, that is in charge of the security. There are people out there that don't you know pay the close attention to these matters that you and I might. Or they're not told the truth. John Tyner called the San Diego airport ahead of time to make sure that they weren't using the screeners um the scanners and uh and he went out there and got up all the way through the checkpoint and found out that they were and there was no way for nowhere for him to go sure and and the t- the security company that the air- airlines contract with sucks it's not it a company, sucks it's a bureaucracy. really really it, well it's it, it they, they've got the they got the contract man now all you can do is what express contract they didn't contract with them they, they foisted themselves upon everybody the, they have the, the option of opting out the airlines do not have that option the airport has that okay option. fine the airport and the airlines whatever was, and that option was put into the law it wasn't made clear to these airports they don't know i mean do you know what the law says Mark? I, how can anyone possibly right. know what so it says? it's probably not very much the case that the airport administrators know what the law says either all anybody can do is say look i'm sick and tired of this tsa crap make it known to the airports the airlines and anybody who will listen yeah. you're sick and tired of it but well, you know sadly, talking about rights I, I just don't know that rights apply here Sadly, you know, if if this was a free market, then by us refusing to fly, the airlines would therefore change their their uh, procedure. That's the idea. But what's going to happen is we're just going to request subsidies. Yeah. And those airlines like the banks that are willing to comply with increased regulation will get the subsidies and the airlines that reject that will will go away much That's the like re- the banks that that is the reality of the situation yeah well the point i agree with you on mark uh is that this it, the, the, you can't stand on the fourth amendment that i absolutely agree on, uh, with you on because it's 
you know, the way it's even written gives them a huge opening. It's, it's a reasonable, reasonable search. Or unreasonable search. Of course it's reasonable to pat Everything. people down, pat so children down the before Patriot they Act. Why <laughs> for that? 1-800-259-9231. Abolish the federal government. 1-800-259-9231. You take control. Bring up anything. Free Talk Live. Of America, beware! The nefarious brigands known as Yerkish are now offering a free download of their so-called music at yerkish.com/ftl. That's y-e-r-k-i-s-h.com/ftl. Be warned: exposure to this addictive, mind-altering rock and roll has been shown to cause frustration, damnation, even sexual deviance. So, fathers, lock up your daughters; mothers, cover your sons' ears, and do whatever it takes to keep them away from yerkish.com/ftl. Talk live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll free and take control of the airwaves at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. Again, freetalklive.com features on the site include our webcam. You can watch, you can listen, and you can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners as our webcam is built into the same page as the chat room. So head over to cam.freetalklive.com to watch, listen, and chat. That's cam.freetalklive.com, and it's totally free, by the way, brought to you by memorydealers.com. Emorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. You heard me right, it's 99% off of list price. You can check out their stock there. At MemoryDealers.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Continuing with your thoughts, we've got Mike listening in New Hampshire. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi, how are you today? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight, Mike? Uh, I understand that you're from King, New Hampshire, and you're talking about the free... uh the people who would uh, come out to Manchester and do their demonstrations in the park out here. And I live in Manchester, and I'm sorry to hear that they got arrested a few weeks ago in the news. But, you know, I was with them when they were in the park here in Manchester, and then they did a march on the uh, um, another facility that's kind of an officious uh, facility. Uh, you know, I guess it was the uh, Valley Street Jail. And uh, they were all milling around on the sidewalk out in front of that facility, and the police and the uh, guards came out from the the Valley Street Jail, were telling them, okay, we're asking you to leave now, please leave. And they had cop cars and squad cars and everything, and these folks were kind of like reluctant to move on. And uh, so I just tried to tell them, you know, this town is kind of like a company town. It's been that way for years. It's not like a libertarian-minded town. I mean, they don't like paying taxes here. It's a very conservative machine city, but at the same time, it's very law and order, and they really rely on, uh, uh, you know, uh, Legalese, you know, I mean, they really, and so I was trying to tell these folks, you know, this is not like Keene, New Hampshire, or, or um, like New York State, upstate, or whatever. I mean, this is like kind of like you have to, when they tell you to leave, you have to leave immediately, or they have the right to arrest you, you know. So whether this followed them out to Keene, and they gave them a hard time in Keene because the Manchester cops made inquiries over there or not, I mean, I really think that it's nice to have a libertarian point of view, like, you know, having a beer out in the park in the open, and I said, you know, that's going to get you in trouble if anybody sees you doing that. But, uh, yeah, you know, as he's chugging the beer, you know, uh, liberty has its price, you know. But, uh, 
you know, uh, you can't have an attitude like that and expect to encounter success, you know, especially not in this town you know, mm. or in any city where things run by rules and order and Laws yeah, and, I think you know, uh, I'm not sure exactly which particular protest or demonstration you're referring to. I know the activists have been at that jail a number of times, and there have been a, probably a few times where they've been threatened uh, with violence if they don't leave the property. But I don't think other times they haven't, though. I yeah. mean, it just it shows inconsistency, right? Yeah, I don't think that uh, what you're describing is any different here than it is anywhere else. I think there's a very you know law enforcement uh, attitude amongst a lot of people across a lot of this country. People have been brainwashed into um, liberal or conservative, yeah, believing that the government knows best and that uh, you know well you shouldn't rock the boat and you need to work within the system. And I understand and, you know, I appreciate where people are coming from when they uh, when they say, hey, you shouldn't do that. Uh, but on the other hand, I also appreciate the people that are willing to uh, put their, their butts on the line, put their freedom on the line to risk uh, being arrested for what they believe is right. And uh, what they believe is that people shouldn't be aggressed against for uh, things that don't hurt others. I mean, don't you agree with that, Mike, that, that if you haven't harmed another person that you shouldn't be put in a jail cell? I'm in my 50s, and back when I was in school, the public schools really worked well. I mean, people paid their taxes, and they didn't object to it. And the payback on the fact that my father got, like, a, uh, a college loan, to go, the, VI, the GI Bill, to go to college and become a better employed person throughout his work life, which benefited his family and his community and myself. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I come from a different era. Nowadays, I guess the public schools don't work as well. People object to paying taxes they, because they don't think they're getting value out of the investment in people. And uh, then they get this stuff on TV that's 24-7 about the news, which really makes every problem around the world your problem because it's on your TV screen. Mm-hmm. And people get, you know, these uh, police shows on TV that are not realistic, but that give people this fear of uh, all these bad people that are out there. They're going to get them if they don't have law and order. And then they rely on the, 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 the police state notions that they elect into office, and these people play on these fears. And there's a certain political benefit to playing on people's fears and people are afraid and not just the terrorism but in all senses of people you know if they have a fear they can't function uh, uh in a politically intelligent way to vote for the people who are not playing on their fears and so you get those kinds of people in office and then uh, you end up with what we got which people don't realize at the airports this is not brand new this is like the patriot act which has been renewed several times mm-hmm. even long after 9-11 happened and this is the law now where the Patriot Act is you give up your rights when you uh, buy an airplane ticket or you go to the airport. And I it's, think it's, it's actually thing. USA Patriot Act, and that's relevant because it stands for something other than, uh, you know, if you're a patriot, you support this. So pay attention to to the acronym for what it stands well, for. They can call it whatever they like. It's not a Patriot Act. It's not patriotic at all. It's a very mm-hmm. anti-American, uh-huh. I think. So then are you, uh, are you going to support the, uh, the protests coming up at Manchester Airport and the amp- airports across the country on uh, opt-out day coming up here in two days? Well, I would support it, and I would like to be there. And I think that it's a, a hazard uh, to a person to show up because they probably are going to have some kind of security presence that's going to be out uh, – of the ordinary. There's and, always uh, a risk involved when you're uh, when you're doing activism, when you're stepping out, and when you're speaking out. There's always a chance. I mean, they've already threatened people saying they're monitoring the communications of the people on the uh, National Opt Out Day, and they're trying to intimidate people. Because you know, back maybe 20, 30 years ago, Chinese per capita income was like five hundred dollars. Okay, and they had in China, uh, they they have a lot of uh, government top down. Uh, you know, organization of that society. And they have, you have to have a passport to go from one community to another. 
to work or live. Now, we're doing that to ourselves here in America, whereas before we didn't have to have any kind of government sanction to go anywhere or work mm-hmm. anywhere. Now it's all this corporate you know, vetting of people before they get a job, and it's all this stuff where you have to be you know, pre-flight approved to go on an airplane and all this stuff. And yet our economy has not done all that well over the last 20 or 30 years as far as middle-class job market and you know, progress. And yet these other countries overseas – They've been making all kinds of progress economically and every other way. Socially. Well, China has been rolling back their controls over uh, over business, as I understand For it. For 20 so. years, actually. Union. Those people are actually pro-union. They're actually encouraging unionization in uh, chi- certain Chinese uh, uh, economic sectors because they know that it benefits the business and the income of the workers. And we are cutting back on unionization left and right here in America. You have all kinds Well, of right unions are okay as long as they don't bring the government into the picture, but that typically is what they do, and it actually makes things worse when you bring in an agency that is willing to threaten violence against people. Uh, there are always unintended uh, or intended consequences that are very you know, undesirable, I think. And uh, I want to thank you for the call tonight and the thoughts. appreciate hearing from you, Mike. Uh, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, your thoughts, welcome on whatever you want to discuss. And still, we'll come back to the issue of young people and government schools and whether or not parents who love freedom should be sending their kids there. 800-259-9231. You take control and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there totally free. We've got archives. If you've missed a moment, you can just click and download. They're there on the front page. In fact, the last week's worth right there at the top. And then you click into the archive section and that'll actually take you back uh, even further all the way to uh, late 2006. The archives are brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with our free site builder tools and templates. Use um, use the portal that we've created. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com, and you'll get your first month completely free. It doesn't matter whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website. They have thousands, like 4,000, of templates to help you at hostgator.freetalklive.com. All right, let's continue with your phone calls. We've got David in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Hello, David. Good evening. Hey, David, what's on your mind? I was just going to say, um, like you all were talking earlier about like that it was a contract between the um, people who chose to fly with the airlines or something along those lines, uh-huh. right? Well, there was a disagreement in the studio. Uh, I I would say you contracted with the airlines, but that doesn't mean that you've agreed to right. the TSA. And the the airlines didn't even agree to the TSA; they were foisted upon them. Mark says that uh, you agreed to it all. 
Uh, you know what's you, going you on. Ticket. No, you don't. Don't necessarily. Well, this is this is what I was thinking about it. I was thinking, well, I could also contract with like um, somebody, a crook, to go steal something for me. I don't know. It just seems like filling somebody up would be make the contract null and void. You know what I mean? It just seems like. That's like an illegal contract from the start or something, you know? Well, I think that you should be able to contract with someone to feel you up, but uh, <laughs> people, aren't doing, people aren't doing that. That's not their intention when they're buying an airline ticket. And while some people, Mark, know what's going on, um, many people do not. I think that the new enhanced, uh, the way they've rolled out the new enhanced pat-downs, they claim it has nothing to do with the new scanner machines, that it just, it's a coincidence that the new enhanced pat-downs have come along with the new scanner machines, um, that, you know, that this will, I, I think my point is here is just too fine for the, uh, for, for folks to, to, to appreciate. Maybe, you know, <laughs> oh, I think that's just brilliant. Brilliant. Wow. He's too brilliant. Wow. I, I, I think that's How it. do you get through the door? I'm just telling you. <laughs> you mean his head being <laughs> Yes. <big>? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, David. Any other thoughts? I was just going to say if it's too fine. I don't know. I don't know what it, what is it. Oh, don't listen to him. He's just a silly old man. Hey, thanks for the call. <laughs> I'm going to try to get yeah. out there to Manchester, definitely. Though. Oh, cool. That's great. Cool. Yeah, Manchester, it's happening all day. I, I think there's a there's a Facebook event for it. We're talking about the opt-out day, National Opt-out Day. I'll coming be there up in the afternoon. On Wednesday, uh, go to wewontfly.com to learn more about the event. David, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Patrick's in New Jersey. Patrick, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, how's it going? Patrick, what's on your mind tonight? Um, well, I want to talk about CSA programs at farms and how it's a great way for families to save money. What kind of program? CSA programs. What's that? Like co- cooperative programs where, uh, you know, you pay the farm in advance and they grow the vegetables and they ration it out through uh, the people that um, sign up for it in time. Uh, usually, you know, any independent farm... Well, here in New Jersey, there's quite a few independent farms that do it. Um, you know, it's a great way to save money. Um, me and my family have have been using it now for a couple of years. We, we've saved a lot of money. So you're basically uh, investors in the farm. Yes. Yeah. You know, and when you talk about, I mean, think about it, the ear of corn you buy at the the store. I don't know. Are they 66 cents a piece? You get uh, six of them for three bucks. I don't know. I don't know exactly what they are. Um, 50 cents a piece. But when you think about that, the retail outlet normally gets what they call a keystone, which is 50% of what they, you know, uh, it's, it's double what they pay is what they charge you. So if they get something for a quarter, they sell it to you for 50 cents. That's generally it. I don't know how it works in the grocery business. Grocery would, margins tend to be pretty slim. I, I've like heard two that, to 3% but I don't know on if, average. Yeah, I just don't believe it. Um, I just don't believe that grocery stores are making it on two to three percent. Some stores, you know, depending on the item that you're looking at, there are you know you might get a keystone loss on like um, imported items or something like that. Uh, but uh, the others, a lot of the other items are, you know, they're in pretty heavy competition with the with the. The other folks in the region. Indeed, it may very well be that uh, it's only two or three percent on. Uh, you know, they're only making three dollars on that grocery cart full of a hundred dollars food. I could be wrong, but I don't Mark. believe it. No, I, I understand well, where you're coming from. I could be wrong on that. I'd but love I, to I, the point I'd like to make on this is not about grocery stores. It's about farmers. What does the farmer get from a uh, ear of corn that the grocery store has bought for twenty five cents? And I suspect it's pennies. Mm. And when you talk about the farmer, you know, sell even selling it at what he would get it to the grocery. St- what the grocery store gets it. 
it at. If you drive out there and get it, he's making significantly more. And this really allows small farms uh, to exist in areas where they wouldn't otherwise. I think it's great for a, a few other reasons as well. You are contributing to your you know, local economy mm-hmm. and um, you're eating seasonal food, which is, is the best thing for your health. And um, I'm impressed. Good for you. Well, here's what we do. We get, uh, we've spent about 1200 a year, and we get, uh, you know, the summer and the uh, winter season, we get half a bushel a week. And they even deliver it if you live within 20 miles of them. Hmm. So you, you don't even need to go and pick it up. I mean, it's a great deal. So you get like a box lot. of, of yes. the, the produce, whatever they have, so you'll get a... Yes. Some salad greens and some broccoli and some carrots and turnips in the wintertime. So and- 25 bucks a week is basically what you're, what you're paying. Yes. It's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you have to be able to cook, you know, but, you know, we, we save so much money. The only thing we have to go to the grocery store for is, you know, condiments, milk, eggs, mm-hmm. you know, things of that nature. And uh, this year we're going to be purchasing half of a cow. Good uh, for you. Gra- yeah, which is a grass-fed cow. The farm that does it. They they butcher it and they package it. All we have to do is bring it home and freeze it. Hmm. How do you end up getting into this? I mean, is there a website or what's the, uh, the connection? Well, you know, we were looking for ways to save money and eat healthy. So uh, we just looked in our local area within 20 miles of us. There's an organic vegetable farm and there's an organic cow farm. So, you know, we just looked into it. Uh, we we looked around the other farms to find out the best deal and who you know who had the you know the best variety, and uh, you know, we got lucky and and everything we have to purchase up front you know for the cow we're going to have to wait about a year or so before we can eat it, mm-hmm. but um, you know I think it's a great thing that if anyone out there should look into you know it would help their community it'll help their family too, save some money. So. so is that one of those things where you might go to like a farmer's market and just start talking to the people that are running the booths and, and see if something like that exists in your area? Yeah, I think that's a great place to start as well as the internet, maybe doing mm-hmm. a search for your county or your neighborhood. There's one right here out. in Concord. And what do you, what are the, was it called CSA? Yeah, there's, there's CSA programs and cooperative programs. The cooperative programs, you have to actually do some work. The CSA programs, you just have to invest. Right. You Neat. know, and uh, it's great. Great. I'm great glad that's working out for you. What do they do during the wintertime? I mean, maybe it's not so bad down in New Greenhouses. Jersey, but... Hmm? Greenhouses. Oh, wow. Every, okay. Yeah. So they've got it yep, together then. Yeah. Yeah, man. Everyone should look into it. Save yourself some money. Need healthy. Stay Neat. off that aspartame and all that other stuff. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, Patrick. Uh, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Nick is on the line in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Hello, Nick. Nick in Illinois, going once. Hello? Hey, Nick, you're on the air. Ah, good. Hi. Uh, that one caller a little bit earlier in the program said he remembered a time when the schools worked well. I once heard Stefan Molyneux talk about this, and he said it shouldn't be surprising that government services can work well for a while, even after they first get socialized, because they're still staffed with people who are disciplined in the private sector, and because there you know, hasn't been enough time for the bad incentive structure to take hold. Also, the schools probably did work better back then because there was less overall bureaucracy. Yeah, well, and he was talking about the 1950s, and that's right around the time when the federal government started to get involved. Sometime, I think, the mid-50s or early mid-50s, and that's when things really started to fall off a cliff uh, because there was more central control than ever before uh, after that point. Nico, if, or, uh, Nick, if you want to have uh, 
few more thoughts, you're certainly welcome to. Hang on. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind, government schools, or anything goes. This is Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and you'll enjoy the features there completely free, because that's the way a talk show website should be. Free archives, free webcam, free interaction bulletin board system various different things are there for you in fact we might even have more for free than those other shows will charge you for on their sites go see for yourself at freetalklive.com and uh, if you enjoy this program and you want to maybe get behind us financially you can do that by becoming an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month we'll take that money in reinvest it into free talk live get on more radio stations around the country bring more internet listeners on board and expose new people to the ideas of freedom so get over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up you'll get perks like access to the amp only call-in lines the amp only forum special amp podcast and more amp.freetalklive.com you know as uh, the the principal of SACL cai jason osborne he's a big supporter of the amp program and uh, recommends that you do it too if SACL cai is a company that handles um, collections for, for companies. You didn't get into whatever your business was to collect money from people. SACL CAI does it for you. They do it with respect. They don't tr- treat your customers poorly. That way you can keep them afterwards. SACL CAI, they can handle all your accounts receivable issues. All right, 800-259-9231. I believe we saw Nick on the line in Illinois. Uh, Nick, what other thoughts did you want to share tonight? Hmm. I was going to say that I think one reason that the ideal of course of socialism, like government schooling, continues to be popular is because the effects aren't seen right away. The newly socialized services can retain their effectiveness for a while after they get socialized, I hear even as long as a generation or two. And this is a huge problem because it creates an incentive to socialize certain things because because it, it looks good at first. And... By that time, it's too late, and then people eventually forget what it was like before then. You know, it's uh, hard for me to imagine what it would be like if school sunk much lower. Um, I mean, you know, when I my, – my son, Jack, he's already uh, – you know, we've bought some stuff for him, and he's already so interested in reading and learning. And it, this is just a case study. It's obviously not uh, science, but I, you'd, you'd think that young children want so badly to learn, and only an organization like a public school system could spit out kids that are 20 percent on average and, and as high as 40 percent in some districts that are functionally illiterate, that can't read. Um, this is after 13 years of schooling when uh, – uh, the parents of our, you know, the, our parents and grandparents and stuff, some of them, uh, the expectation was that they would only graduate the sixth grade and they would be, you know, quite literate at that point. Um, so they've they've taken the amount of schooling, doubled it, and they're getting less out of it in the process. I think it's, what, $11,000 uh, uh, per student 
was going to California students eight years ago. That doesn't sound wrong. I mean, eleven thousand dollars wasn't going to each student; it was costing taxpayers yeah, eleven thousand thousand dollars here. Yeah. I well, mean, this was ten years ago too. So I mean, it's uh, like, right, oh, right, right. Yeah. Outrageous. <laughs> Nick, what else did you have to share? Well, my worry is um, is particularly in the area of healthcare, which is already pretty bad. Mm, yeah. Yeah, but uh, are are you familiar that? Before the government started getting involved in healthcare, there used to be fraternal medical societies that, that provided for the for the poor, and they worked well until they were effectively regulated out of existence during the Progressive Era, explicitly for racist reasons. Teddy Roosevelt wanted to get minorities dependent on the state. Hmm. No, I was not familiar with that at all. Yeah, fraternal uh, medical societies would those be staffed by doctors, or would the fraternal aspect of that be the people in the business or would it be like a mutual aid society where it's just people helping people get the health care well it's it's doctors would be doctors would join up with it and they would be like you know the the family doctor who lives in the local area and he's just your your doctor who's on hand for everything and he would generally get paid less than than in all in an alternative practice but what was so attractive about it is that it was very steady work and you know he was he was paid to keep you healthy rather than uh, somebody you go to to pay to to pay when you're sick. Well, there were also um, private hospitals, uh, predominantly by uh, church groups and religious organizations, um, that provided health care and did not oh, yeah, turn uh, anyway did not return turn anyone away. We had the same thing with schools where there were parochial schools and private schools and and even um, you know in, in farming communities back a hundred years ago they'd host a, a teacher for a certain amount of time um, in a in a home and that teacher would teach for three months and then they'd have three months off for harvest or whatever. So there were always you know private uh, solutions to these situations until there became government involvement and that became more and more popular as people wanted to abdicate the responsibility that they had for their own families their own behavior and you know gave that up to the government and and the cycle is just and it's so hard to break that and i think that kind of speaks to what nick was saying before is that uh you know it's very it's very difficult once people get it in their heads that this is the way things are and this is the way things have been that it it becomes very difficult for them to see how anything could ever be different how how could we have trash pickup without the government <laughs> well we have it here in uh, in Keene, new hampshire i mean the, the the government doesn't handle that uh how could we have education without the government look how much the government spends on education you think you could make it l- it be less in the marketplace they don't even understand how uh, much better education could be and how much cheaper uh, it could be at the same time. They, they, they just they're so ingrained into the idea that it has to be this way that anything else is is frightening uh, to the people that support the status quo. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Nick, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. So, Michelle, this actually is a good. It brings us back on the topic <laughs> we were going to discuss earlier. And that is you'd made a comment. I don't recall if it was on the air or off, but you'd made a comment about uh, parents not sending their kids or parents who do send their kids to government school when they know better. Like when they know that government schools are bad and that uh, you know, they're frustrated by the government schools and they know their kids could be getting a better education. But as we had a caller earlier, I think it was uh, Emberly. Who, uh, you know, basically she's a single mom. She doesn't have a lot of money. And uh, what money she does have is being taxed, and that's going to pay for these government schools. And so she feels almost like she's. She doesn't have any other options, though. To her credit, she was saying about maybe getting her uh, her son out and having him unschool himself, and, and and she is moving here in June. Oh, that's that's exciting. Yeah, that's great news. I, you know, before I sound like this, you know, really um, stuck up 
a non-empathetic person I and self-righteous or whatever, I, I do understand that how hard it is. Uh, my mom was a single mom um, and raised three of us, and we all went to public school until you know she took a second job and, and put me through a year of parochial school. But um, I think, and you have your own kids, uh, three of them, and you are a single mom. Yes, but you know, I've been, I've have a different financial situation than than my mother did, most certainly. Uh, however, I think that there are so many choices and options out there that people do not creatively. Um, pursue because we've become, and I say we have become lazy and apathetic. And, um, and I think that's a shame. And I think that you, if you're going to hold true to the principles of libertarianism, then you need to step up with your, your actions and not be involved in those government sanctioned institutions that are supported through, um, the taxation and coercion. And I think the public schools are one of them. I agree um, that, you know, I, I guess it's from, I, I, I think that people shouldn't be involved in the public school system from a standpoint of incentives, not from a standpoint of morals. And, and, and the reason is, is because, Hey, the public school is going to treat your kid like they own it and you. And that, you know, th- so that much is true. However, if somebody comes upon the ideas of uh, libertarianism and they get they get them internalized relatively quickly and they still got their kid in school, it can take years to be able to become as financially solvent that as you can, you know, you make these. Some, some people, the it's mom can quit. $500 a year to use Christian Liberty Academy for one school. They don't have to use that. But $500 included all the curriculum, all mm-hmm. the exams, them correcting everything, a diploma and um you know, so it's what forty dollars a month or something. Sure, agreed. Um, that that much is true. But the the issue is, you know, how do you leave? Do you leave a how old, how young do you leave the kid home? Is it an issue in your state? I mean, is that abuse leaving the kid home to take care of themselves? Well, right. If it's a single uh, if it's a single parent family, um, they don't have somebody. I mean, obviously, somebody either has to stay home to teach the kid, or um, you know, you you have to figure something out, and that that's, can be that can be very difficult. That's why I asked Emberly if she trusted her fourteen year old son, and the, and she. Did did mention that grandma. grandma lives at the house yep. and everything. I just think that you know, um, you know, you can co-op with neighbors and things. I'll mow your lawn and do your grocery shopping if you know my kid can come over there. You know, one sure, hour. Sure, but that a day requires, but that requires your neighbors to be on board with the ideas too, right? I mean, so you'd have to have a community of people who understands the benefits of pulling their kids out That's of the why government you moved schools. to the free state of New Hampshire. <laughs> oh, it's not the free state yet, but uh, we're working on it. And you're absolutely right, though. I mean, this is the place where that community exists, mm-hmm. where those options can be begin to be built. I don't Just know how much is, gonna, is enough before you say no? That's a good question. I think every parent needs to ask themselves that. And what can you do? What other options are you, you know, are on the table for you? And and maybe being around other liberty-minded people will create will result in the creation of these things that, that we're discussing here. 800-259-9231, but it, it's still early on here in New Hampshire. More coming up Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. 
filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. take control of the airwaves dial in toll free at 800-259-9231 that's the SACL CAI toll free line 1-800-259-9231 as we launch here into the third hour of the program tonight it's Ian with you Michelle and Mark and we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com do enjoy the features you'll find there completely free Uh, freetalklive.com the place to go all kinds of stuff there all brought to you gratis freetalklive.com Two phones and the fun. Frank is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Uh, good evening and a happy Thanksgiving uh, to everyone. Gobble, gobble, Frank. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to say this, that uh, I'm, I'm sort of in my, well, I'm in my early 50s, so I'm considerably older than I think you guys. And I just wanted to disagree with the notion that was presented tonight that there were medical aid societies that took care of all the poor and things were great and it was this and that. That really wasn't the case. There were there were a few very successful medical aid societies in major cities, but for a lot of people, especially in Appalachia, that didn't exist. And rather than uh, put everyone on... Uh, Medicare, which is what should have been done, a single-payer system giving everyone you know, the same benefits, whether you're the owner of a business or the CEO of a company or you know, Frank, just that's stealing. a laborer. That's, let me finish, please. That's stealing, though. No, let me finish. Uh, the point is we've paid so much in taxes over the years for so-called entitlements that were promised, and a significant part of people's paychecks for generation was taken out. Uh, for these purposes. And what we got in 1969, 1970, when Canada got a superb single-payer system, uh, <laughs> is we got medical, we got the TV show Medical Center charring, starring Chad Everett. And, you know, it's very <laughs> interesting. And ultimately... Frank, Canada's system is not superb. People uh, hate superb. that system I've up actually, there. I've actually lived in Canada and had cause to use it, and it is. In fact... Back in the early 1990s, it was considered number one by the U.N. With tell France that to all of the two. people, Frank. Who, please tell that to all of the people who have died waiting for the supposed superb health care services. Very few uh, that people die in Canada for the superb health programs, whereby in the United States, if you don't have the money and you don't have insurance, you die. That's we not true. Our system by market controls that are inhumane it, with our technology at this point in history. That is and we're not the tr- only nation on the earth that doesn't have a single-payer medical Give system. me an Even example. South Africa has Cite one. one person that you, that you know that has been turned away from getting medical treatment at a hospital. I have. Really? In the United States, yes. When? And I had a, 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 a Blue Cross program in Pennsylvania that cost about 
Oh, $300 every two. And you went to the hospital. You went to the hospital and you were turned away? Shadyside Presbyterian Hospital in Pittsburgh is the hospital that I was turned away from. And I had a health insurance program that really only covered something like if you were hit by a bus and you were taken into an emergency room. I couldn't even use that. So don't tell me that our system, you know, everyone has coverage because you're completely wrong. And I can tell you people uh, that, that have actually lost their lives waiting for surgery that wasn't covered under their health insurance or not having health insurance and not being poor enough to qualify for Medicaid that would at least provide you with uh, some semblance of health coverage. Well, my grandparents were on Medicare, and they were both given a a drip of morphine on a Friday and dead by Saturday. Well, there are also cases, I can give you many cases, uh, where people did have uh, considerable wealth and they had very good health insurance programs, and due to malfeasance and malpractice with the doctors, Wrong, wrong organs were taken out, and wrong medicine was applied. And uh, since the people had money, they could pursue this legally and ended up winning, you know, $12 million for the negligence of the doctors and the staff. So, I mean, let's be honest. If you look at the failures that occur in our medical system, it's the largest in the world. And you look at the size of it and the number of deaths that are done due to improper medication, improper reading of the chart, by the nurses or the doctors, and the fact that even according to the AMA statistics in 1990, uh, 46% of the registered doctors were either addicted to alcohol or prescription medication. Do you expect me to believe, Frank, that that it's any different here in Canada? How many licenses were removed? None. The AMA took no licenses away. Frank, I am no fan of the AMA, and I'm not a fan of this uh, this current system. But are you expecting me to believe that the U.S. government and the AMA uh, work together to regulate the system? And it's an entirely unfair system that keeps competition out and it keeps uh, the medical community very limited and very, you know, kind of incestuous. There's not very many many, uh, ways to get in and to compete without jumping through whatever the hoops the AMA and the government have put up. They're That's really correct. big. And the AMA has failed miserably. There the are big. Well, the AMA, AMA has no, 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 no. The AMA has succeeded, the Frank. Program. The AMA has succeeded at protecting doctors from competition. That's what they. But they've uh, that's also what they do. significantly influenced the Obama health plan, and now because the government will set the rates. 46% of the AMA said they'll retire. They won't provide their medical services. Yeah, yeah which, because government health care sucks. Which is a violation sucks. of the Hippocratic Oath. Government health care... <laughs> violation or not, that doesn't mean they won't do it. Government health care drives the best people out of the business. And to pretend, sit here and pretend like We've Canada never has had this... complete government health care in this country, and that's the fact I'm making. You assume we have. We I really have not haven't. said that. I have not yes. said we've had government health care in this, uh, no, in this you, country. You, what did you just say about the government health program? It's always a failure. We've never had it. Uh, you it's a complete you think it's going to be different here than it's been in Canada and the U.K. If and all the other places? If we could as good as Canada, we would be the best in the world. And you the are fooling yourself, Frank. Try talking so to some people from Canada. Years. Try talking we to some people. That. Frank, try talking. Frank, try talking to some people from Canada. I've actually, actually experienced. Yes, I understand that. Canada, Apparently, they gave you a wonderful, rosy experience. Yeah, I'm sorry, but it's just not the case for a it's lot excellent. of people, Frank. Oh, and what I want to say too, regarding the, uh, I guess it was Bush's the 2000 uh, political campaign when the medical issue regarding health care came up. Uh, in fact, the AMA slandered the Canadian health. Uh, system and the Canadians took them to court and won. And the AMA had to pay millions and millions of dollars for that. 
But what's interesting about it was they said, well, we had a public relations firm handle it, so we really, we really weren't responsible for the blatant lies that were used in TV commercials and things. Okay, wait, Frank, okay, you'll okay, never hear here. Frank, how about media. solutions? Tell me what you think your solu- the, the solution is to, uh, to health care. Number one, we cut all of the military expenditures out immediately, and we bring our troops back to the United States. And that $4 trillion we've squandered on uh, uh, 10 years, or I should say nine years of war in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Pakistan, we put into a medical fund, and we use that to give everyone the same medication. If, if uh, we don't the have same a medication? Whereby, let me finish. It's we coverage. don't have a system whereby the senators and the congressmen and the president get the very best medical system, uh, including plastic surgery, at the taxpayer's expense. And we need a system whereby everyone has the same coverage. If you're old and you need cataract surgery, that should be covered. If you're young, meaning anywhere from 38 to 55, and you need uh, uh, you know, a heart bypass system, you should be able to sure, get Sure, just wait for 12 months before you get it. Right, well, because that's true, and people people in the United States uh, often don't have the money or the insurance they never get and they die anyway. So here's my point. We need to have a system whereby everyone receives the same coverage, like in Canada, whether you're the chairman of the board of a Canadian oil and energy company Frank, or you're a poor student at McGill, you get the same coverage. If we had the, the government removed from the health care system that we have here, no, uh, the then it would drive prices down and competition. The is always a key player in any industrial society with regard to medicine. The United States is the only system in the world that doesn't provide that. And, and the world has provided this in Europe. Frank, it's stealing. I don't care if Canada does have the greatest health care system in the world. It's still stealing. And by the way, I disagree no, with you. That it, it is stealing. When you tax taxes, people, that's stealing. You they take money from people without their consent, that's stealing, Frank. Thank you for the call. I, don't, I can't advocate stealing. And we've read story after story here and heard from people in Canada that say their health care system is horrible. Uh, it's the government-run systems, and one size does not fit all. And there are so many problems with uh, with a totally government-controlled system. There are problems with a partially government-controlled system. That's what we are experiencing here in this country. We can dig more into this in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. Spark imaginations and free minds with an enjoyable graphic novel or webcomic from BigHeadPress.com. This holiday season provides a great opportunity to share a vision of freedom and how we'll get there. Inspirational and beautifully illustrated publications from BigHeadPress.com are great tools for sharing the freedom message with thoughtful stories that are extremely entertaining and a pleasure to read. You'll be awed by the illustrations while you cheer for the heroes and boo the villains. Check out BigHeadPress.com and sample their work online before you buy BigHeadPress.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you will find there completely free. Again, freetalklive.com. Joining you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And uh, we invite you again, freetalklive.com. Lots of stuff there. Our number, 800-259-9231. Maybe you're in Canada, 
and you would like to relate your experience with the Canadian healthcare system. We just had a very passionate Frank uh, on the line with us. He here calls tonight. it about once a year on this this subject, and it's it's one that uh, you know clearly he had a good experience at a Canadian hospital. I've talked to people who've had good experiences in many foreign hospitals, mm. and uh, you know they they like it's it's really great to be able to go to a hospital and not have a you know a five figure bill when you walk out or four figure bill. That that much is true. Well, you didn't. Well, you don't have to have a five-figure bill if we don't have government regulation of the medical industry. I know, but but you know you know the way it looks to people. It looks yeah. like the United States has a private health care system, and the rest of the world doesn't. But it's now, not true. It's absolutely not true. More yeah. than more than fifty cents on every health care dollar is spent by the United States government, and true. it basically it has uh, it has taken a system that has ruined it. If you want to see, um, if you want to see the impossible solution, which is returning. The system back to uh, you know a, a real free market and see how that would fix things. Go to you know Google or search for theimpossiblesolution.com and you will find, in fact, how uh, you know women could probably give birth in this country for less than a thousand dollars at a hospital if it wasn't for all the government intrusion. Um, you know this is just taking 1950s numbers, extrapolating them out to what uh, the value is today. And I think what's really important here is to look at um, – Frank said the United States was the largest medical marketplace on the planet. And I would agree with him. That much is true. So what do you think is going to happen to medicine when – you know, knowing the way the government incentives work? What's going to happen to medicine when you take the largest marketplace, which is still 50 percent free or so, 45 percent are free, and you turn it – State run, where the state decides how much doctors get paid, how much uh, you know a certain treatment is worth, and that kind of thing. Well, what Frank you're already see, admitted the, the doctors are going to leave a bunch yeah, of them. You're going to see a stifling in innovation and a stifling of uh, treatment because now the rest of the world, which relies on the largest medical marketplace in the world to to handle essentially paying for research and development, much of the research and development uh, you know on risky drugs is done in Africa. However, the money that is uh, you know that money that it requires to do these tests are are made here in the united states they're not making money in canada they're not making money in japan they're not making money in great britain on these things that's why the, you've seen the cost of medicine skyrocket in this country because essentially the socialist countries of the world have lain their uh, their research and development issues at the door of the united states but mark the advocates of national health care would say they shouldn't be making money it's health care well, then you're not going to see innovation. That's just the reality of it. If you want to see 20th century medicine at the end of the 21st century, please socialize it. You'll see that. You'll see, you'll see, um, you know, sort of a stumbling along as far as innovation. No guarantee it will go actually towards something that's better, but you won't see nearly the, uh, the, the quick response that the marketplace will provide when there's profits to be made. Have and that's either- just a reality. Have either one of you ever been to a hospital in like a third world country? Or yes. A, yes. I've been to a hospital in Haiti. I went to the uh, hospital Albert, Hospital Albert Schweitzer in Deschampal, Haiti. I had an incident. Awful. I had a, I had a, a situation in Egypt when I was there um, 16 or so, 17 years ago. Mm-hmm. Aziza was uh, bit by a poisonous spider and developed blood poisoning. And it was very serious and horrible. And, and um, she was actually saved because I was nursing Omar and was able to you know, help her that way. But she was uh, dehydrated and, and very ill and needed hospital assistance. And um, and my husband said, well, I'll just uh, call my doctor, my pediatrician, 
from when I was a kid. Well, the World Cup was going on, the soccer tournament, and Egypt was in that year's World Cup, and and um and so the doctor didn't show up for three days. Oh, and when wow. he when he finally came to the door, um, and I was like, ah! you know, freaking out, doing screeching, being a nag. Um, he looked at my husband and said. Are you going to invite me in for tea in in Arabic? And he did, and you know, came inside, and and I'm just frustrated and angry and upset, and and um, and the doctor explained to me that he gets paid whether he comes in immediately or in three days. So mm. what difference does it make? Is the child fine? Well, yes, she's fine. Well, then, inshallah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> everything. Then what's the big deal? <laughs> yeah, exactly, and. Mm. Um, then I did try to go to or uh, take her to like a first aid station at one point a few days before when it initially happened. And and um, I was offered toothpaste for it. And when I looked at the man and tried to explain. For the no, spider bite. For the spider bite. And when I tried to explain to the man that no and broken Arabic and French and English and hand gestures. He um he I, this, I said, no, I motioned, you know, toothpaste is for your teeth. And he smiled and he didn't have any. <laughs> He didn't have any teeth. <laughs> so he hadn't known what the toothpaste was for either. <laughs> but the point that the, the idea that, uh, you know, in Egypt is further along in socialized medicine than some of the, you know, Canada, which is what we've been talking about here. Well, but I, it, there is a, there is an end result when you have when doctors have no incentive, when um, when R&D has no incentive, then a profit motive then it is going to decrease in in quality and um, and the same thing. Many happen. people many people tell their young kids to become a doctor, not because they want their young men or women to be people that help other folks when they're in their moment of need. But in fact, they tell them to be doctors because it will provide them with a good life, that they'll be able to buy most of the things that they want to buy. They'll be able to go the place on trips and families. And, you know, just the the money solves the many of life's problems. Um, It certainly it gives you other new ones. But, you know, people would prefer to be rich than be poor. And so, you know, what's going to happen to those people that, you know, that are encouraging their young people to be wealthy? Well, I don't know, but I can tell you they won't be doctors. And what's that mean? It means the driven people in this world won't be doctors. So you'll have this sort of deteriorating level of medical care. And, uh, you know... I, 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 the the wealthy people will still get their medical care. They still will. You won't see senators and uh, business moguls getting the same kind of health care as poor people and middle class people. It just won't happen. The fact is, uh, I know that uh, C- the Seasteading Institute is already working on a medical boat where they're going to go offshore and provide surgeries for people. And uh, you know, you can go to you can go to Mexico. There's many of many great clinics in Mexico where you can get uh, you know surgery cheap. India is offering great surgeries that you can fly and get um, and get them so much cheaper. The United States. The fact is, and wealthy, stay at a spa. Wealthy people are gonna get their better services, and that's just all. You're never gonna change that. So all you're gonna do is deteriorate the service that's available to middle class and lower class people. But Mark, you read a statistic during the break that said eighty-five percent of Canadians say they love the Canadian healthcare. I system. bet if you asked, uh, I bet if you took a poll of the United States uh, citizens about their public school system, what would they say? I'm still dissatisfied, and I'm still not going to send my son there, no matter what. I'll bet you'd see some numbers similar to eighty-five uh, percent. The toll-free number is one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I acknowledge it, though. 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. 1-800-259-9231. Especially if you are maybe from Canada or some other country where the government is running the healthcare system. We'd love to hear your You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. Features including our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you, WIKI Wiki. Freetalklive.com and now up in the download section where you can download our archives there's actually a link to link to a, a special wiki page for each one of the archives if you want to go in and make copious notes or comment or whatever you can do that because the, uh, the wiki is yours to edit uh, go to wiki.freetalklive.com let me tell you about the tota sack um, I we were at the we went to the grocery store and we Sunday is our normal grocery store day and we got a lot of stuff there were some good sales at the grocery store so um, my wife had to take my son in he was a little little upset and I was left to take care of all the groceries on my own. I loaded them all up on one tota sack and because I had to carry some uh, a, a drink with uh, with another um, uh, hand there, you know, one of those uh, gallon things with a handle. And I couldn't I couldn't curl the uh, the amount of weight I had. So this was probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 or 70 pounds. And that many bags in my hand would have just cut into my hand. You know, those plastic bags, the way they do it. But the tota sack made it so that I could carry these. Uh, I had to carry them behind me up the steps. That's how large this of an area these things were. <laughs> my uh, three-foot-wide steps wouldn't allow me and the bags side by side. I, but I did manage to carry them all up in one trip because I'm so lazy i don't want to make more than one trip and that's what the tota sack's for it's it's the one trip wonder you can go check it out at t-o-t-a-s-a-k.us and uh, get yourself a family pack or if you've got some kind of retail establishment or you you know you're in some kind of business where they do wholesale tota sacks avail available for that and they're open to that it's t-o-t-a-s-a-k.us and stay tuned for your chance to win a two-pack of the tota sack that's coming up uh, 800-259-9231. So the government health care issue has raised its ugly head yet again on this program. And we've talked to a lot of people over the years who have told their personal stories or the stories of the people that they've known. We've uh, found some online as well of people that have just had absolutely atrocious experiences uh, with the government-run healthcare system. That's not to say people don't have atrocious experiences in the current system. The current system sucks, and there's no doubt about that. You take uh, the you take the healthcare marketplace and you mix it with a heaping load of government uh, regulations and controls and bureaucracy, 
and mandates. Uh, they're all over the place. You, might, you mentioned, Mark, that 50-plus percent of the health care dollars are spent by governments. That doesn't even factor in the amount of regulation that the, that the industry has to deal with and the costs that uh, dealing with those and regulations. And the insurance companies and their levels of regulation and how that could be fine-tuned and allow people to, uh, to, to get their own insurance policies instead of requiring abortion coverage for nuns and, and all that uh, so, kind of extraneous stuff. So the amount of money that is being spent in the healthcare business that is being spent essentially to cover the cost of regulation, the cost of these government bureaucracies, or the cost of you know putting a, a medicine through the FDA's process, all of the things that uh, the requirements that government puts down on these healthcare companies have to be passed on. So they have to raise their prices in order to uh, to make their money back on whatever it costs for them to jump through the hoops of the government regulation. And we don't see the costs. There are also other hidden costs. You know, we're talking about the seen and the unseen here. There are also hidden costs involved. In that we don't know how much cheaper it would be in the absence of all these government regulations. You you touched on this, Michelle, earlier, Mm -hmm. that in the absence of the government controls, we'd have more competition. To drive prices down. Right. To drive innovation up, to drive prices down, to drive customer service up. Uh, We would have all of these things, and that's worth something. But we don't know what that number of something is. It could be, you know, we'd have a healthcare system that's 12 times cheaper than it it currently is. I mean, I don't know. There's no way to calculate uh, the costs of all of that regulation. It's incredibly burdensome. And that's the reason why it's so expensive to get health care in this country. In addition to the financial costs, though, there has been a health cost that people aren't measuring. And that is, as we've abdicated responsibility for our bodies to the government and and the bureaucracy, uh, we're no longer taking care of what we're putting into our body. We see obesity is is, you know, has skyrocketed. The level of physical fitness is has plummeted. The um, number of diseases that are heart-related or uh, uh, diabetes-related, cancer-related. It seems, you know, we've, we've spent more and more money on health care, and yet we're less healthy than we've ever been before. So and we have more, informa- in, more information about how your diet and, and your right. lifestyle change your health. Right. Even with that information, it doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when people, uh, you know, don't want to go outside and get their vitamin D, but would rather take a Z-Pack, that's, you know, $95, you know, five-day medication to get rid of their, their um sore throat or whatever i just i'm losing empathy <laughs> quite frankly you know and, and we so this is the same as the public education you know or the government education we just keep abdicating responsibility we want to abdicate responsibility for our safety for our education for our health and the government loves it when you do that it gives them more control mm-hmm. over your life so I want to get back to that number, Mark. You had cited a statistic which was put out there by Doctors for National Healthcare. Uh, the, so you know, questionable source, but nonetheless, well, there's I'm you know, and that's the problem with statistics. That you know, where this statistic says that 85 percent of people in Canada are uh, happy or satisfied or uh, mostly satisfied, somewhat satisfied or mostly satisfied with their healthcare, um, you know, options, and that's just people from the ages of 15 on up uh, who have been inside the the system who have no, actually no, used no, the no, 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 no. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that it, that no. it was people who'd been through the healthcare system. That in was Canada. not my understanding of it. No. Oh, well, that changes things. But let's let's just say that it was 85 percent of the people who've been through the Canadian healthcare system that said, "Yeah, it's great. I love it." Well, hmm. That kind of reminds me of uh, this attitude of the people that support the government schools, and we've been talking about government schools in this particular show as well. 
that, oh, well, you know, people are successful. Look at all these people who went to the government school. They're successful. Mm-hmm. The government schools must work. Well, you don't have a base of comparison. If, if all you've known your whole life is the government school, if that's where you went and that's where your kids went, then you don't know how much better things could be, right? And so, okay, well, yeah, there might be some problems, but hey, we're still getting an education. Those people are successful over there. They graduated from the government high school. So why would we need anything else? This is working. Everything's fine. But I also think that uh, the, the the point that was made that, you know, when when a country goes to socialized medicine, that it takes a while for the, um, you know, the people who who made that their lives work to kind of weed themselves out. And then it's just government bureaucrats after that. I think that's uh, that that make that's prescient. You know, the um, well, I don't the Canadian know. healthcare system's been there for a while. And decades, there are big but problems. I don't know how long. I there mean, are doctors live a while, you know. There's a fairly big movement up there, from what I understand, of people that are sick and tired of it. And, of course, they're the people that have been told that, oh, yeah, you've got that tumor growing in your brain. Well, tell you what, we'll get you in with a specialist in six months. He can take a look at it. And then uh, once you get, if you're still alive then, uh, and you make it into the specialist, well, we'll, we'll go ahead and operate on that in another uh, six months. So just, you just, just hang out, sit tight, and we'll get around to it. And then when they actually do the operations, in many cases they use some of the, the worst materials and they're not making the, the the best decisions for the the person that they're that they're doing the operations. They on. can I mean, really they really got a great prenatal program, and uh, they'll help you uh, take that baby, you know, get that baby out, and they'll help you. Uh, they'll fix that broken arm up real good, though. There's a reason why people are leaving Canada to get their health care services in the United States or elsewhere in the, in other places, India, Mexico, because they're not doing a great job if it was well they're not getting the service system. that they want i don't know you yeah. know I, I couldn't say some people have had great uh, situations i'm sure and some people have had crappy ones well this is where it's still where people come if they need open heart surgery or if um specifically you know we yeah. definitely have the the best heart surgeons and and the- well, i remember reading a statistic once about the mri machines that they have in canada they've got hardly any uh, of these machines in comparison to like what one state has here in uh, in this country. Just the amount that they spend, the uh, central control, the bureaucracy of allocating funds is being done by a, a you know, central board of bureaucrats instead of people that are more connected with the folks who are actually making uh, financial decisions. We'll come back with more here. Your thoughts are welcome as well. But right now, if you call in at 603-435-1105, random caller, you're going to win the TOTA sack. 603-435-1105. You are a winner of the two-pack of the Totasank. Call in now. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features you'll find there completely free. Head over to freetalklive.com. 
and uh, get uh, get interactive in various different ways. We've got our chat room. Uh, we've got the bulletin board system. You can go to bbs.freetalklive.com. It's our forum. Interact with other Free Talk Live listeners there. And if you want to help support the show, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live gets a portion of the total purchase price. It's Amazon, the world's largest internet superstore with dozens of categories, a whole bunch of items, great prices, free super saver shipping on a lot of their brand new products, and you can even order used if you want to on a lot of things too. So go to amazon.freetalklive.com to get your shopping done. That's amazon.freetalklive.com. We know the ideas of liberty are important to you, and we know that uh, those children in your life are special to you. Do you want to get those two ideas together? How soon do you want to start teaching that child that's special to you about the ideas of liberty? I found a book. It's called An Island Called Liberty, and its simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page could make it one of any child's favorites. Go to freemarketunderdog.com. See some samples there. Order today. There's a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with the coupon code FTL. Remember, Christmas is coming up. You can get this for all of them. An Island Called Liberty at freemarketunderdog.com. So 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. The government health care proposal that so many people would like to see move forward, it's scary stuff. And they don't realize what the consequences are going to be, that if things could actually be worse in this country, they would be. I mean, with the government health care system, it would actually be worse than it currently is because then the government would take over the full operation, make all of the decisions about whether or not you get to live or die. And I don't know about you, but I don't want the same people that run the TSA uh, to be deciding on my health, uh, my health care. Look at what they're doing to people. I mean, the, the same government that you want to run health care, those of you who want to run, the government to run health care, they're the same people that have decided that it's entirely safe to just, you know, walk through an x-ray machine and get bombarded with x-rays every time you're at the airport one of these backscatter machines these are the people who are going to be making your health care oh no they'll say well no no they'll hire doctors to make those decisions but what happens when one of their doctors in control over the entire system makes the wrong decision people die as a result of that perhaps maybe people will be injured permanently harmed in their in their lives because some government bureaucrat made the wrong choice somebody who has no responsibility you can't sue them and get any kind of satisfaction out of them you as you could in today's system i'm not saying that that uh, suing doctors hasn't resulted in a bunch of problems here in the united states it has but you know not being able to sue them is going to be worse but when the marketplace is not determining the price value of medical care and rather instead is that it's a bean counter, what they're looking at is the bottom line and what's most cost effective. Well, what's going to be most cost effective is if we just kill everybody that is, you know, 60 and older or or, you know, children that are born that are maybe not, you know, as pure as as. We'd like them to be. You say that and some people will balk and they'll say, well, that's crazy, Michelle. People care about other people. But the, it's already happening in Oregon, though. But the, the examples are happening in, uh, in Canada as well, where it seems like people who are on the older side don't get the same kind of service the chronic illnesses. that younger mm-hmm. people get. Mm-hmm. The younger people are paying in actively to the system. The older people are not. So it's not like they're as important, right? They're not, a, right. They're not as much of a resource. They're a drain on the health care system there. So if you, 
if you make the oldsters wait a little while longer for their treatment, they might not make it to that point, and then you don't have to provide them with any treatment anymore. I mean, and, it sounds callous, but that that is what they're looking at. That's what the, some of the stories are coming from Canada, is that these people don't feel like they're getting the, the treatment that they believe they deserve because they've been paying in their whole lives into this system, or at least for decades. With government-run uh, health care, the price has to um, – Factored into the price is the administrative costs of the government, whereas mm-hmm. in a free market system, then then which we don't have, right? Me. Correct. Then what would be factored into the uh, price is the value of the the treatment itself and the and the co- competitive. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm searching for a word and it's evading me. I'm sorry. That's that's all right. Don't worry about it. Um, but but you know I, I know where you're coming from. Uh, and the prices do come down when you've got people competing in the marketplace. But the all the question always is, well, what about the poor? I mean, Frank had called in to say that, yeah, sure, there were mutual aid societies in big cities, but not in uh, he said not in the Appalachian. So what do you what do you do there? How do you handle that? Yeah, you know, I know that when you're talking about a poor society where people get around on horseback, yeah, you're going to have, you know, that medical care that's commensurate with that. However, and you can believe that I don't care what system you design, that the rich people and the powerful people are always going to get better better medical care than the poor people. There's nothing that's ever going to make that fair. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. You can pass all the laws and create all the bureaucracies you want. It's simply not going to happen. Um, it's, it never has happened in human history, and you're not going to create a time that it does. What you need, what the, you know, the best system here is sort of trickle-down economics, as they uh, call it. I don't like the term. It's kind of insulting, as it were. But the fact is, as rich people get uh, better service and over time those services become cheaper and then you know people down the line can get them it can it i mean just take a look at flat screen tvs five years ago the things were you know so expensive the average person couldn't get them now anybody you can't find a cathode ray tube tv if it's difficult nothing prevents people from co-opting into a um a communal style socialistic style a medical system in a, in a voluntary way within a community or sure. something, you know, as long as it's voluntary, I'm just not going to be forced into paying for someone else's health coverage. Right. I, and I'm with you there. I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, with charity. And I think that maybe, um, Things aren't the same today as they were a hundred years ago. And out in the, if you want to live out in the Appalachian Mountains and you want to live away from any kind of urbanized area, it's pretty unlikely that even whether you were in a free market or a government controlled market, you're still not going to have a whole lot of health services out there. It's not like somebody's going to build a shiny new hospital out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there's just not enough business out there. They can't even get clean water. They feed their children Mountain Dew. <laughs> I, I mean, don't you know, know about that. Oh, yes. Oh, you don't? Maybe they do. I mean, oh, yeah. That's a serious problem, actually. I really? Thought, no, yeah, in I thought everyone. Yeah, I thought everyone knew. I'm I, sorry. Never spent much time there. So. Well, it's it's not the richest area of the country, but you know when you live out. The fact is, I live out in the country. I want all the access to all the services, not just healthcare services. I want all the services that people get. Ian, you've got within walking distance several restaurants. Where are my walking distance restaurants? You need well, you, government to take over restaurants. Right. You've got so you Walmart can... just around the corner. Where's my Walmart around the corner? I mean, the fact is that you make decisions when you live in certain places. I mean, where's my beach? I, I I want those white sand warm beaches that uh, they have in Sarasota, Get Florida. Get the government to truck it in here. You can I hire. Mean, a... I deserve that. <laughs> yeah. It's a human beat. White beach sand is a human right. 
you know, I mean, this this is just a reality. People that are that throw asparagus at the sky and uh, you know say that I I hate reality. People should make things fair. Well, sorry, you can't steal stuff from people and then think that you're going to get fair. Yeah, it's part of that's the- what the government is. It's stealing things from people to get yeah. what you want. And that I'm is so happy problem. to hear you say that, Mark. Despite but that's what it is. What Frank Frank yelled when I uh, suggested that it was stealing. He yelled, "No, it's not." Well, yeah, it is. And yelling that it's not isn't going to change the fact that taxing uh, people is is stealing from them. And right. I don't care well, what your goals are and what it is you want to accomplish. I don't care how wonderful your vision is for helping everybody with health care. I think that's a fine vision to, to, you know, to take care of people that need help and people that are, are downtrodden and giving them a hand up rather than a hand out. I'm all in favor of that. And I have no problem in supporting charities. I've, I've given money to charity this year already, and I'll do it again uh, to, to help people that are less fortunate uh, than I am, but I don't want to be forced into paying for this one-size-fits-all monopoly system. That's what it would be. It would be a huge right. monopoly running healthcare. Well, that, and, and that's the, that, that doesn't approach the crime aspect of it. The fact is, if I come up to you and point a gun at you and say that I want healthcare from you and the money to get it, what am I? I'm an armed nut. If I get 10 guys to come with mm-hmm. me, we're a armed gang um when if i get a hundred people to come we're an angry armed mob but if we get enough people in a democratic system to agree with us and then we (laughs) vote on it it's democracy right then it's democracy (laughs) and everything's a-okay well if you get an an agent to do something for you that's still you committing the crime that's you'll be thrown in all 50 states you're gonna go to jail if you hire a hitman so all three of us agree that uh state run School systems, state-run medical programs are are uh, wrong morally. What do you think that and we pragmatically ought to, as well? I mean, what do you think we ought to do then with those people who have paid into the system for fifty years or whatever? Like my mother, seventy, almost seventy. Are you talking about Social Security? Yeah, um, Medicare, Medicaid, um, the 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 health care portion of that. If you were actually able to dissolve the government, Mm -hmm. the government has a lot of assets and it would be able to take care of a lot of those people. You know, it's certainly never going to take full care of anybody, um, but that's, it's kind of what you signed up for when you allowed the government to handle those things. The money's gone. They've already spent it. If we could get people to be free, then set them, sent their kids free and then their kids will have, you know, another 15% on their paychecks and extra money. But don't forget all that land and and money that the government has. There's that too. We're out of time, but back tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com welcome to living healthy naturally with information and advice on how to improve your health and wellness with natural remedies and nutritional healing here's renowned naturopathic doctor and certified nutritionist dr lindsey duncan i'm often asked by my clients about superfruits, those exotic fruits that are dynamos of nutrition that everyone is talking about these days One of the best of these miraculous fruits that is getting a lot of attention and notoriety is called acai, which is known as the beauty berry. The acai berry naturally contains omega-3, 6, and 9 fatty acids, protein, and how many fruits can say they contain protein? Acai also contains fiber, anthocyanins, and a host of other very powerful nutrients. It is truly worthy of the title of a superfruit. Because acai berries are impossible to obtain at your local grocery store, Genesis Today has created a great tasting juice that contains this wonderful superfruit and a host of other nutrients in a healthy, delicious juice. It's called acai berry juice, and it provides all the benefits of the acai berry in every 8-ounce serving. Drink a glass of delicious acai berry juice, and you'll be getting everything you need for a healthy body. 
To learn more about living healthy, naturally, and acai berry juice, please visit genesistoday.com. Acai berry juice is available in the refrigerated section next to the OJ at all Walmart, Sam's Club, and Super Target locations.